Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez and SCORE senior football analyst Hub Arkish on 670 The Score. Bears taking on the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, and we got a chance to talk to Ed Smith, former NFLer, uh, here at uh, 7:20. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a second. But still talking about Bears, man. Bears lose to the Cleveland Browns, 20 to 17, and could have been a victory had Darnell Mooney uh, been able to get his hands on the football hub and and score that touchdown at the very end. A lot of people, you know, up in the air about Darnell Mooney. A lot of people talking about Cole Komet early in the season getting his contract extension. Jalen Johnson, of course, has been a, a large focus on him in the last couple of weeks. Darnell Mooney's name hasn't been brought up much. But how about, I, I think to myself, he's the kind of wide receiver that will go to, like, Buffalo, Miami, <laughs> and really perform well at one of those, at one of those high-caliber high teams. I I I can see why you feel that way, you know, and and to me he is one of the toughest guys on that roster to figure out right now. Um not making the play to win the game Sunday, it's a tough catch. You know, and yes, you know, he's got to feel horrible. Bears fans have to feel horrible. Everybody's got to feel the ball was there. It was in his hands. If he holds it, they win. I understand that. And and by the way, I think he should have. You know, I'm not giving him a pass by any means. But I'm also not pretending it was some easy play, you know, right. <laughs> like the drop in the first period. Uh, I mean, and and it's not really the focus on Mooney right now, or shouldn't be. The focus is where has he been the last 13, 14 weeks? I, I mean, you know, I thought that he was going to compete with DJ Moore for the most catches and yards. I thought he was a legit number two coming into the season. And particularly with the way Cole Komet has developed, he should be more effective than he's been. He's been hurt. I understand that. You know, I can't expect him to, to play through injuries. But once he's back on the field, he's still not making enough plays. You know, and um, and and again, the same thing we've had so much this season. People criticizing Getsy for not throwing him the ball often enough. You know, I mean, you don't know what play is called. You don't know who the primary receiver is. We know that he has not caught enough passes this year or made enough big plays. And and it's very disappointing because I think he's a better player than what he's been so far this year. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know he had such promise in the very beginning and you saw how much work that he and Justin Fields put into building their chemistry and just getting on the same page. And, you know, I watch a lot of film too. And, you know, from the game on Sundays especially, and, you know, there are moments where Darnell Mooney's open. I mean, he had eight targets. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where he's open. It just He's just not getting the ball. 
Um, but again, I just think he's going to be one of those players where when he gets on a more dynamic offense, he's going to be a guy where, you know, he's going to be getting six, seven catches a game for 50 yards. You know, one of those guys, like a, a nice little slot guy to get you something going, a quarterback that likes to get the ball out quickly, you know, someone that enjoys that kind of wide receiver. I think he can, he can play well there. Do you think there's a possibility that the Bears, you know, make a push to try to bring him back? Or or you think based off what has happened this season that it probably is in their best interest to move on? You know, if he's playing hurt, then I think there's a chance that they may want to get him healthy and bring him back. Um, and, and, and I suspect he's not 100% because we know he's been, you know, on the injured list a good part of the season. But if it's not that, if it's just that he's, you know, mentally he's moving on or whatever it may be. No, I don't expect a big attempt to bring him back, especially since we know they're going to be adding more players at that position in the draft. There's no question about that. Yeah, going to be adding some, that's for sure. And most certainly is going to be uh, some more weapons. Because when you really do look at this Bears team, I mean, you know, when you're throwing the ball to Tyler Scott, it's cool. I'm here, like, great, speedy guy, you know, played it since he love it. But you really do start to see, like, the drop off in talent because you don't you're not seeing Equinemius like you had last year Dante Pettis veterans you know that were maybe you know somebody you felt comfortable seeing and, and the ball being thrown to but you know this year it's not the same thing it's DJ Moore Darno Mooney and then a drop off you mm-hmm. know from there and then you realize where you might have thought you were okay at the wide receiver position that there needs to be more talent there yeah I actually expected a little more from Tyler Scott and then disappointed now again he's a rookie you know he's learning and I, and I understand that but uh, you know that's unfortunate. Um, uh, you know, I, I think they have to seriously think about Marvin Harrison be, be, because everybody seems to agree he's that good a prospect and putting him with more with whoever your quarterback is and combat and, and the offensive line is, has kind of been treated both ways this year so far. They've only played with all their starters twice, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't think it's, it's, it's a great need, you know, but I, but I think it has to be improved, but I think it could also be pretty good with what they have if they stay healthy and, and, and the younger players, the, the two tackles continue to develop. And so now just by adding Harrison Jr., if you're, if you're willing to do it, you know, the offense gets hugely better right away, no matter who's at quarterback. So, you know, I, I think that, and if they do that, they're not going to make a big push to try and bring back Mooney, too. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Bears are definitely going to continue to look different over the next couple of years um, with some roster changeover, keeping the best out of there. Um, but it'll see. It, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. It's Gabriel Mears, it's Hub Arcus, it's 670 to score. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's go to Mike out in Bloomingdale. Mike, when, you know, we're talking about the future of the Bears and the direction we want them going in. A lot of that has to do with who's going to be playing quarterback for the team. Uh, how do you feel about Justin Fields and and what he's been doing for the team in the last couple of games? First of all, I think Hub is wrong. Right? When you look at this, he's been with the Bears three years. First year, let's say, was the waste. Last year, they, they rebuilt. He had nobody to protect them, nobody to throw the ball to. The guy was running around for his life. This year, he's got a decent offensive line. And so, and you see what he you see has has made some great improvements. I also want to say that when you look at look at the play calling, and somebody said this earlier on your show about what did he? Okay, last week's game, what happened? Okay, they they passed when they should have ran, and they should have. At some of these running plays, they should have ran different plays on this. Okay, 
Uh huh. For example, when they're what? For when they're what? Uh, fourth and two or fourth and one? What did they do? Instead of running a push push play or a quarterback sneak, what did they do? They ran. They ran. They ran a sweep, and a guy got nailed for a three yard loss. Okay, Mike, hold on, Mike, 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 Mike. So, because I, I want to make sure I'm clear on what you're really ultimately trying to say, and it is that you think that you think Justin Fields is really good, and the Bears should stick with him. I think yeah, they should stick with him because for the simple reason, I think as he gets with a better offensive line, has more weapons, I think the things that we're looking for, which he's on where his decision making is going to be better. He's going to be able to get the ball out faster. And he and I think a lot of these things are going to change when he has more time okay. to throw the ball and he feels better with an offense line if you build more people around him. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Mike. I hear what you're saying. Hub I it uh, here I hear what he's saying. But I guess for me my my initial comment would be well, can we are are we able to see a significant difference in those things, right? Decision making, release from at least last year to this year with a little bit more talent and a little bit more offensive line? Because you, you would think there'd be some sort of variance there and as opposed to saying he hasn't had it and he needs even more offensive line and more weapons in order to make better decisions to get the ball out faster. Yeah, I'm really confused. I mean, I, Mike, it's quite possible, maybe even likely that I'm wrong, but what am I wrong about? I mean, I, I'm not sure. Oh. That, that's where we started, and then I was waiting to hear what I was wrong about. And and, and why is Justin Fields' accuracy going to get better? Because he's going to have a better offensive line. How's that going to make his accuracy better? Because he'll have more time to throw the ball, more, even, even more time. Neither of those things have anything to do with his accuracy. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, listen, at the end of the day, Justin Fields is too good an athlete to just give up on. And so if – if I'm wrong, which I could be, and they can get a first-round draft choice for him, yeah. then I think you have to take it. But I don't think they can. And I don't really want to take less than that and just give up on him. But what what we have to find out, Mike, is how is he going to get better? Because it is three years. And when I hear people talk about this improvement that he's shown, what improvement? He had a couple games, you know, where he, threw, he finally threw for 300 yards. It took him, you know, 30-some games, you know, and and that's still what we're waiting to see. It's it's because of the great athletic talent that we believe somebody can teach him how to do these things, but I don't think he's been struggling to this point because of something the coaches are doing. I think he's struggling to this point because he is not reading the field properly. He's yeah. not seeing the right throw to make, and then he's not making it because of his poor accuracy when he does try and make it. You, you know, and, and those are things that I, I'm not ready to quit yet, but, but, but they are big problems. Big problems because obviously they're lead, the, the assumption right from the casual fan that's watching the Game Hub is that that is what is, is, is causing you know, the Bears to lose some of these games. When we talk about being in the hunt or – you know, being close enough to the playoffs to at least smell it gives something for this fan base to cheer about. It, some people would say then if the quarterback play was just a little bit better than they'd be like, like even the Cleveland Browns game, if, if he were to, if he would have been able to manufacture a touchdown drive, you know, on his own, then maybe, you know, that or, or and a field goal, then bears wouldn't have been in that predicament. Right. Same thing with the, with the Vikings game, with the scare, if you'd have been able to put some more points on the board, the lions game, you can continue down the line. And I think that's that's the number one thing people talk about when they're looking at Justin Fields and, and critiquing him in that way. But then on the other side of the fence, hub, you see it just like just like Mike, they love Justin Fields and they, and they think that it is everything else other than Justin Fields mm-hmm. that they don't in their mind it, everything it, like Justin's great guys and we're all fools 
because he doesn't have the best offensive line. He, he needs more weapons, and he needs an offensive coordinator. Then, then Hub will be able to tell you if Justin Fields is, is amazing. You know, if Mooney holds on to that ball, nobody is saying or changing any of the things that they're saying or trying to change. At all. At all. They're not even talking about it. But he didn't hold on to the ball. My question is, if he holds on to the ball, does that make Justin Fields a better quarterback? Because <laughs> he has another touchdown. I, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it was what we call it. It, it was, you know, a, a, a hope, a prayer. You know, it, it was a last minute, and it didn't happen. But but that's how close they were to one of the better teams in the NFL. And yeah. that's what we should be focused on is how this rebuild is going. You know, and I, I don't have any answers for you on what's going to make Justin Fields a franchise. Well, I, I know it has to be fixed, but I don't know how to do it if I did. Maybe I'd be that coach. You <laughs> right, you'd be writing that paper instead of the one yeah, you're writing. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's just, uh, I've never seen a situation like this, and I've been doing it, obviously, for a long time, where there is so much focus and 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 the opinions are so 50-50 on one player. Unreal. You know, and and, 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 the, and the reason, Gabe, I, I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, but it's it's obvious to me what the reason is. It's because he rushed for over 1,100 yards last year. That's what this is all about. Yeah. It's not about his ability as a quarterback or a passer. Yeah. It's because he had that incredible job running the football last year, and everybody thought they had something special, and they stopped focusing on the rest of what they needed for him to be special. Yeah, I think that, you know, you could liken it to a pitcher in Major League Baseball, right? You have a guy out there who can throw over 100 or 100, and you feel great about him. You, everybody wants to make him into a starter, mm -hmm. but his control is just a tick off, just a tick, enough to where you can't rely on him consistently to be that lockdown ace in your rotation, but, you know, he got the stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we see when we look at a guy like Justin Fields. All right, uh, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we get an opportunity to talk to former NFLer Ed Smith. He's also... Uh, an analyst for the Arizona Cardinals. What does he think about Kyler Murray and the team as they look to face Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears? We'll talk to Ed Smith on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez and Hub Arkish on 670 The Score. We're Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez and Score Senior Football Analyst Hub Arkish on six seventy The Score. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish, hanging out talking about some. Some good bear stuff for the last hour and some change. And now we get to switch it up. Bears taking on the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. I wonder how the team's going to react. You know, you lose to the Cleveland Browns, you know, a tough game. You lost a couple of them now. I say this after every game, Hub, because I'm always, I, I am amazed at how good of a job Iberflus does at keeping these men together and playing at a high level despite the continuing mounting losses. Well, that's something to say to him as a head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, they obviously, and we've heard this from his from his players the last couple of weeks. They are all in with him. You know, they believe in in what he is doing to try and develop them. Uh, they seem to get along well with each other. The players, you know, they seem to be in a pretty good place with where you want to be or hope to be at this point in in a rebuild. Yeah, uh, and we get to talk too. Uh, the next team, uh, excuse me, uh, someone that covers the next team, uh, because it's going to be a good game nonetheless. Some some, some exciting players and some, some exciting quarterbacks going to be on the field most certainly. Uh, so our next guest, uh, former NFLer, uh, covers the Arizona Cardinals and is host of the Believe uh, in Cardinals and the Believe Network. Uh, it is Ed Smith. Ed, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me on, gentlemen. Um, and I'm looking at this game against the Cardinals and the only thing I can think about is Kyler Murray and like, what kind of game is he playing? Is it, is it I'm back and I'm trying to do everything possible or is it I'm working my way back and I'm taking a cautious approach? Well, I think it's a combination of both. I wouldn't necessarily say the cautious approach because in my opinion, I think he's auditioning, not just for the current regime, which did not draft him. Uh, or give him that big contract and Austin Fort, our GM, and Gannon, the coach. He's also kind of auditioning for some of the other teams out there in terms of if things don't work here, you know, maybe they can not necessarily shop him, but maybe get interest from other teams to come if the Cardinals are in the, you know, the market to move on. Uh, And, you know, Kyler's doing his best, you know, with what he has. You know, he's coming off the ACL injury, which, you know, anybody's had one, you know, it's not when you come back is when you finally feel comfortable. And that's usually the season after you return from the injury. And he's also working with a lack of weapons out here. We don't have a lot behind him or protecting him or on the outside. So he's just trying to do the best with what he has, trying to get that po- keep that positive attitude up and also, you know, show that he might be a, a better leader than what's been reported to this point. You know, it's interesting trying to figure out exactly where the Cardinals are at. Are they in the same place as the Bears? Are they in a rebuild? or uh, Because, as you said, there's not a lot of talent around Murray. I mean, I shouldn't say there's not a lot of talent. There's not a lot of big-time players around him. Uh, are they are they in a complete rebuild, or are they just needing to get their quarterback healthy and adding a few pieces to try and be competitive again? This is absolutely in a complete rebuild. When they took over last year, they didn't re-sign any of the kind of fringe free agents that we had. 
Then in free agency, they didn't go out and spend anything on big, you know, market, you know, big ticket items or anything like that. They stripped this thing down to the bone. And I mean that literally, you know, some one and two year contract going into this coming year. Uh, you know, we don't have any, like I said, but their, their option is we got to rebuild. This offensive line was, was never addressed by Steve Kime and Kingsbury. We then have to go get weapons on the outside. We got to get edge rushers. We got to get corners to cover. So you're talking about the, 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 the bear cabinets. That's what we have out here. What I like, though, is that in, even in doing that, they have this team playing hard with the talent that they have, and they're kind of setting you know, that, that, that C word, the culture. They're getting it to the point where we made some changes in terms of how we're going to approach the game. That includes you know, meetings, how we're going to address uh, you know, training camp and things of that nature. And without the talent, you know, they're still going out there and playing hard. The, the next year, the next thing is they got to start dressing some of those positions I talked about, which is everything. And it is a totally, a totally rebuild. And I don't think there's any mystery to that. You know, the fans obviously want us to win now, but this is not a win now situation. This is, let's try to rebuild it from the ground up, if you ask me. We're talking to Ed Smith here on 670 The Score. He's host of the Easy Sports Talk Show out in Phoenix, and he also uh, covers the Arizona Cardinals as well. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. Ed, when I'm looking at, at this team, I mean, they got the victory, you know, last week or the, the week before, excuse me, against Pitt. You know, a, a little bit of a heartbreaker in some people's minds this, this past weekend. I know you said that they're all playing hard, but are, are they are they still trying to win, you know, the, the – the, the, the organization as a whole, or do you think they're trying to get as close to that number one pick as possible? You know, the, the players definitely want to win. Always. They, you know, players do not tank. Coaches, you know, especially when you're in the hot seat, you want to win as well. But if, if the coaches are in tune with the GM, they are realistic and they know the talent level they have here. And I would guarantee you within those rooms, they're saying, you know what? We want to see those guys go out there and play hard. We want to see fight to the last whistle. But we would not mind a close, <laughs> hard-fought L to help keep us as close to the top of that draft board as possible. And nobody would ever say that, but I guarantee you, when they, you know, last week was a tough one. You play against a San Francisco team that is probably the best team in the league, and you know, you take a beating. That's understandable. The games that you want to be close in. And, you know, like we won the game against uh, against Pittsburgh, like you said, a couple weeks ago. And that's a tough one because, you know, you're not expecting to do that. It didn't hurt us too much because we only fell from two to three, I think it was, and we're still up there high. You know, like I said, the, the GMs would never say they don't mind those losses as long as they're productive losses. And the guys are out there giving it everything they have. So at, in a complete rebuild, you obviously start at the top, and Murray's been hurt, and, and yeah, you know, a lot of money, and you worry about that. But are, are they completely committed, or are they looking at these quarterbacks and, and thinking that maybe they need to take one of them? That's the million-dollar question, and I think we're going to find that out within the offseason. They'll tell you everything that, you know, all the, 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 the catchphrases and, you know, politically correct things to say during the season, and even – right after it because they're going to tell you Murray's done everything that they wanted to see and he's been the leader and you know he's shown the talent but within those rooms they'll keep it close to the vest until teams start calling and inquiring 
uh, maybe his availability. And if they're, in my opinion, you know, the one thing that rules the world is that money. And, you know, we know most of these teams, they rebuild by starting with the rookie quarterback contract. And Murray is on that big money right now because of what kind and Kingsbury did. So they're, you know, we're not, anybody who tells you they know either they're a spy inside the building or they're telling you something that, you know, is made up because until I hear the words coming out of their mouth, I'm not going to believe it until I see what they do when it comes draft time. I'm not going to believe it because like I said, anything could happen. And, you know, me personally, I would be willing to listen to anybody that calls regarding Kyler's services because if I'm in in that one, two, or even three spot and I can find a future quarterback and move off his salary, I, I would obviously, I would definitely think about it. We're talking to former NFLer Ed Smith here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish. All right, I know you said that the team lacks talent, um, but talk to me about some some people that have been standing out on the defensive side of the ball, maybe someone that's going to give Justin Fields some fits. Well, you always have to be aware of wherever Buda Baker is. That dude, man, he's special. Even in a rebuild, he'll go out there and make some plays for you, and you've always got to be leery of him headhunting out there and creating something. The other is Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins has done a pretty good job from what's been asked of him, you know, learning this new system. You know, we had Isaiah Simmons here. was almost a copycat of him. They decided to ship Isaiah out, keep Zayvon. Those two, you know, have the ability, one, with Zayvon getting after the quarterback, uh, could could cause some some ruckus. And then, like I said, Buddha, you always got to be leery of him in that secondary and approaching the line of scrimmage and making plays, forcing turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. He is that dude on this uh, uh, our Cardinals defense. Like I so said, you always – like, where's Waldo? You got to know where he is. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm looking at this roster, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, who they're building around besides the guys that you just talked about. Is Are there any young players on this team who have started to come who you think could be part of this future, part of this rebuild, and maybe they don't have as much work to do as they, they think they fear they might? Well, I think Trey McBride has really set himself up. He's our tight end, number 85. He's been doing an outstanding job, and I think that's why when Zach Ertz, you know, he got hurt and, and gave uh, Trey an opportunity to get into that tight end spot, he's become Kyler's kind of security blanket. Uh, even, the, you know, they didn't have a lot of – they had no time to work with each other during the offseason because of Murray rehabbing and then obviously not even getting into the system until just a few weeks ago. So the report that those two have is kind of like makes me smile a little bit being a former tight end, watching how, you know, Trey McBride, second-year guy, 10 receptions, over 100 yards, you know, doing that type of thing, catching tough balls. I think he is, you know, going to be somebody that's going to be here for a long time. And then we got a couple of, you know, pieces. Our, our rookie uh, uh, lineman, Paris, you know, he's doing really well, taking his lumps, you know, uh, at the guard position because we just don't have a lot supporting him and around him. But I'd rather have him in the fire now, growing, and as we still find other pieces to solidify that offensive line around him, he can actually be that kind of cornerstone guy. So between those two, I think we're heading in the right direction, you know, and, you know, some of these other guys, they still have some time to show us and prove it to us what they can do. And maybe they'll, you know, find a way to stick around uh, with this organization as well. But those are two definite guys that I'm looking to 
to make some make some hay and be around here for a little bit. Yeah, Trey McBride, definitely somebody that uh, Bears are going to be paying attention to. They've done a pretty good job against tight ends over the last few games. David and Joku, you know, went crazy because Joe Flacco didn't want to didn't want to throw it to anybody else. So <laughs> that's why he he, he he did all right. But Trey McBride is de- definitely going to be doing this. Talk to me about Ed. You know, the, your thoughts specifically about the Chicago Bears, uh, and obviously leaning with an emphasis on Justin Fields and wh- where you think this organization is at right now. Yeah, it's a it's, you know we all watch the you know the talking heads out there, and there's all the speculation of what the Bears are going to do. You obviously have that pick from uh, Carolina, which is really looking you know nice right now. You guys minus that win they got last week, you might be at the top of the draft again. <laughs> yeah. And then the decision will be: Do we? What do we do with Justin? I personally, I I, I think the young man has been given a raw deal. And obviously, I'm a little, I'm further away from the fire than you guys are. But I see all the talent there. I see the dysfunction also in how that offense is run and not catering to his skill set. And you sometimes wonder when you let him go, he looks so good. And then other times he looks confused out there, maybe because they're asking him to do things that are just not his strength or, you know, best fit him. So, you know, I, man, I, I, I don't know what you do. There are going to be, I think there'll be at least a few teams calling and knocking on the door to see if the Bears want to move on from Justin. But with that kind of talent and potential, you would think they would think long and hard. Um, and I, I'm sure the fan base with the, you know, the record does not speak well, uh, even though he has the talent. There's been a lot of losses piled on top of losses. And I'm sure there's questions about Uber, Uber Flus or Uber Flusen. Yeah, I always forget how to say his name, the head coach. But a lot of questions. I think you guys – are close, but you know, close only was only counts in half. Horseshoes and hand grenades, right? <laughs> so we'll see what you guys do move do moving forward. But there's a lot of talent there. It's just a matter of you know the direction that the uh, front office wants to go, and we'll anxiously be watching too because that could affect what we do here in Arizona. You know, Ed, uh, and I take this a lot more seriously when I talk to someone who's actually played the game at the level of the NFL. When you see a player like Justin Fields, particularly at the quarterback position, have you ever seen a, a quarterback who in his third, fourth season still had a ways to go and did develop? Or usually by year two or year three, do you have a pretty good sense of what this guy's got in his tank? Usually by two or three, you have an idea. It has been head-scratching to watch his lack of progress. And, you know, at the same time, you look over one of your division foes, Green Bay, and with, you know, with uh, Love over there, he sat for so many years behind Aaron Rodgers, so you can expect there will be some growing pains. You know, Justin has been in the fire. He's been out there, and, you know, they gave him the option to make some mistakes, learn from him, and you would hope at this stage in the game, this many years in, he wouldn't continue to make the same mistakes or look as confused as he does out there sometime when it comes to reading coverages, you know, going from read one, two to three, and maybe finding that outlet. He still like, looks like he's trying to figure it out and he's way behind the scale. And then what's really damning is when you look and see like a CJ Stroud, who's fresh in the league and you watch him go through progressions and, and even some of the other one and two year first and second year quarterbacks, you watch their progress and you don't see it from Justin and it'll only make you scratch your head and wonder whether he's ever going to get it. And if he's not going to get it, it is time to move off. Right? You'd rather be early than late. 
you know, the other thing is you'd hate to be the team that let him go where he goes somewhere else and flourishes. But in this game with all this money, you got to make that decision quick. And he's obviously had a lot of snaps and it might be time to move off him according to the, uh, you know, the front office with lack of, you know, progress seen from him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to be talking about that. A lot of people are going to be interested in what's happening there. And I think, you know, most people assume that Kyler Murray is going to st- stick around in Arizona and that, you know, the, 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 the Cardinals have their eyes set on one person and one person only, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was interesting to hear you say that they'd be listening to people. And then, you know, if the Bears were to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at one, you know, another quarterback would be able to fall either May or, or Williams to Arizona at number three. Would there ever be a situation, do you think, I mean, knowing the front office and, and being around the team, where they would trade and move up because they fell in love with a guy? I do think that's a possibility, wow. especially when you're okay. – when you, I do, especially when it comes to that salary. You know, if you could take that rookie salary with a comparable quarterback, you know, say, uh, you know, Caleb Williams, very similar to Murray, maybe even better in certain areas, and then you relieve yourself of that big salary, you get to start fresh. And and we also – the thing you have to remember, too, is Murray is not the draft pick of this particular uh, regime, you know, so they don't have the, the warm and fuzzies about him. They like his talent, but maybe they've heard too much about how he's aloof, you know, his leadership skills aren't there. Maybe they want to start fresh, you know, and this, these are all the questions that we're going to find out. But like I said, that is a factor, the money and the fact that they didn't draft him. And if they could figure out a way or if someone comes to calling, they might be, you know, very uh, open to listening and getting a fresh start. Now, you know, Murray, you can't, you know, and here's the other thing. And I hate to talk about it because I'm a man of 6'4", but Curry, Murray at 5'10", on what I would call a good day, he might not be the ideal guy for their scheme. You know, they might want somebody who can, and in the pocket more with Murray, you have to move him around a little more than most quarterbacks because of his lack of height, seeing through the trees in front of him. That's always been a problem. So depending on how they want to run this offense, and he might not be that guy. That might be another factor. So there's all kinds of things that are going to be talked about within the rooms and, you know, wh- whether you they're brave enough to move off of a Kyler Murray we're going to see, but I guarantee you they're at least having the conversation. And one more quick question for you, and I've been thinking about this for, for months now, and I just haven't taken the time to do the work to check it out myself. In all your years, both playing and covering the game, can you think of a, a, a franchise quarterback or a Pro Bowl quarterback who became that player with his second team after not working out with the first one? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, goodness. I haven't been oh, able to. I, I Gino, can tell you, I Gino haven't been Smith. able to think of one. <laughs> Geno Smith, right? Yeah. Did he make the Pro Bowl last year? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm not talking yeah, about just Gino, one. Gino, we're, we're talking elite. Yeah, we're. Yeah, yeah uh, That's saying. a great question. Uh, I don't know if I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. That's a. I'd have to actually do some research on yeah. that one. But You're I'm like, like you, I'm, I would have to probably beat my head against the wall and do Google even just to figure it out. But yeah, no, that's a great question. I don't know if there's ever been one that. You know, because most of the time they usually hit right away or they'll get a second chance and it doesn't really turn into what it should have been 
or you know they become eternal backups. We've seen that throughout the league. Yeah, we're 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 on the we're on the same page together because I've been thinking about this for like six months now and just haven't taken the hour or two yeah. to to study and do and look for it. But I haven't been able to think of one. Yeah. Hey, Ed, if I come up with one, I'm going to text you or hit you up on Twitter. I'm going to send it to you. Please, <laughs> I'd appreciate do. that, buddy. Uh, before I let you go, Ed, uh, you know, we are here in Chicago, and I actually am a huge White Sox fan. And I, I saw that you played. Ah. You did, yeah, I saw that you had your first stint doing <laughs> nine years, nine hard years for the Chicago White Sox. Yes, sir. Talk to you. you know, as a, I'm a fan, so I love that. But talk to you about any maybe uh, some good good fond memories you got of the, of the or, being with the organization for nine years. And I, you know, I, it's where I got my start, man, I appreciated my minor league baseball days more than you could ever imagine because it, you know, gave me the, the love for, you know, what I was doing even in football. I appreciated that much more. You know, I have fond memories of playing with guys like Frank Thomas, uh, you know, Robin Ventura. I could run down the list. I was there in 90, you know, in 88 when Sammy Sosa got traded from the Rangers to the White Sox. So, I mean, I saw – I was there when Bo made his – comeback attempt in spring training mm. in 91. I can run down so many times that, you know, and so many great memories that I have. I was there in Birmingham when Frank got the call to go up to uh, the big leagues, you know, in uh, 90, 1990, you know, so we were there in the playoffs. He got the call. You know, I still stay in touch with so many of those guys from my White Sox days. And you're, you were talking 30 plus years later, we still we try to have reunions, whatever we can out here. Uh, in Arizona because spring training is now out here. So, yeah, man, I, I mean, I, I got a chance to play in Old Christie Park. I mean, wow. I can run down so many great memories and the people and, you know, just, you know, like I said, I was able to live two different lives in sports and never regret any moment of it and truly love my White Sox days. An impressive career nonetheless, man, with both sports, and we're glad that now you're covering them. Uh, and we get the opportunity to pick your brain as a result of it. Ed, I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Appreciate you guys, man. Happy holidays to you and all your listeners, and I hope to be in touch soon. I will hope that. Take care. So, Ed Smith, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Ed Smith Speaks. Started his career as a minor league baseball for nine years for the Chicago White Sox. I, I'm trying to figure out how you could spend nine years with the White Sox and then still be a tight end in the NFL after. 6-4, and then you're like, hmm, I think I'm going to play football. That, tight end is one of the most disrespected positions in all of sports because everyone, every fail, not failed athlete, but every athlete that wants to change sports that's 6-4, is like, I'm going to play basketball? Not anymore. I'm going to be a tight end now. Uh, I play baseball. You know what? I think I'm going to be a tight end. That's great stuff. But what great people he actually played with. That's amazing. Um, All right. uh, We are going to continue our Bears conversation. And I do want to, because at the top of the hour, 8 o'clock, we're going to talk to Cody Westerland about the Chicago Bulls. Um, But let's talk a little bit more about this game hub and how we think it's going to play out and and maybe what we want to see from, want to see, not are going to see, but what we want to see from Justin Fields. uh, We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sunday, we'll do that next. It's Gabe Ramirez and Hubbark is here on 670 The Score. 
We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez and score senior football analyst Hub Arkish on 670 The Score. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish, <clears throat> Leo Stoddard holding down producing duties today. What a great conversation with former NFLer and former Chicago White Sox player Ed Smith covering the Arizona Cardinals. I might have to get him on just to talk about the the White Sox later. <laughs> get him into the rotation. Um, but, Hub, the, the Bears got themselves, well, from what we just learned, the motivated Arizona Cardinals team in front of them. This is a game when you were looking at the schedule at the beginning of the season, you thought to yourself, all right, this is where the Bears could rattle off some wins after Cleveland because you knew Cleveland was going to be good. Um, but no team is a cakewalk in the NFL. And Kyler Murray is going to give this defense, regardless of how well it's been playing as of late, some fits. Well, um, well, do you agree with that? Do you think do you think so? I think Kyler Murray's really good. Arizona's a tough team to figure. <laughs> I mean, okay. You know, I, I didn't remember until I was checking during the last break that they beat the Cowboys in, in week three of the season, but it was one of only three games they've won this year. It's a, you know, I keep writing them up, and when you study their depth chart and their roster, it's like he was just saying, I mean, there's nobody that really scares you. I mean, you know, they're, 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 yeah, Murray is is an interesting. He's kind of in the same stack as Fields right now, more because of the injury, I think, than anything else. And, and he's been around a little bit longer. But it's uh, um, it's a team the Bears should beat, I guess, is what it really comes down to. You know, you look at the games that they should win, the games you know they're not going to win, and the games you hope they win. Um, last week was one in the middle, or the last one, the hope you win. You, know, you would have loved to have beaten the Browns, and, and, and I think you have to feel good about how well they played them. And, yes, the Browns, some stunning numbers on the Browns. You know, 26% of their salary cap is on injured reserve. Oh, my God. Yeah, more, um, just slightly more than a third of their roster, you know, which is you know, some of their best players because the money they're paying them are on injured reserve. Uh, you know, you lose – Nick Chubb, you know, you lose your quarterback. You know, they're still a really good football team, though, and the Bears outplayed them, you know, and, and so that part I think you feel good about. When you look at the Cardinals, they've won a few games I didn't expect them to win, but I can't find anything that looks like, uh, <laughs> you know, the the win the Bears had over the Raiders or, or the win, you know, the Bears had it over the Lions the second time around. Uh, so I think they're still a notch below where the Bears are at, you know, as far as talent-wise. Um, quarterback. Who knows where these two teams are at right now? Yeah, I know it's interesting because that's something that you got. Like you got, like he said, you know, uh, Ed Smith. When you come back from ACL, it's not when you feel better; it's when you feel confident running around on that thing. And so it'll be interesting to see, like after you know, this will be Kyler Murray's sixth game, so to see where where he's at in that progression. But when you look at the Arizona Cardinals hub, I mean, they got some things that they do really poorly. I mean, points against per game, they're second to last in the league. They give up twenty seven points a game. So you feel you feel as though the Bears can capitalize on that. There might be a result that they're one of the worst teams in the league in time of possession at 28th. So a lot of three and outs, you would assume, whether that is with Kyler Murray or Josh Dobbs, who was handling the team at the beginning. They they allow the second most rushing yards per game in the NFL at 140. So, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for the Bears who have faced some pretty good de- rushing defenses in the last couple of weeks to to get that running game going again, right? You have a, a, healthy, uh, a healthy Deontay Foreman. Maybe Khalil Herbert can get his legs back underneath him and and find his path again after you know struggling over the last couple of weeks since coming back. 
And then sacks, 23rd in the league in sacks. So, you know, maybe they're not going to put a ton of pressure on you. So this this could be a good game where, you know, you there, there are those teams, right, Hub, where, you, okay, you're not the best teams in the league, but you're sure as hell not the worst teams in the league. And and then where where do you rank in those mid, with those middle squads? And this could be a game where, you know, they could show everyone, like, hey, you know, in the rebuild and, and where we're headed, at least we're better than these teams, and now we got to work on being better than the teams that are above us. You, you know, when you look at Arizona, the, the only things that they do well or fairly well, they're ninth in the league running the football. Fortunately, the Bears are fifth, so the Bears have an edge there, you yeah. know. And they're 13th in pass defense. But the, one of the reasons they're 13th in pass defense is they're 30th defending against the run. And and so when you talk about, you know, regardless of whether it's health, for, you know, for Herbert or, or what it is, this should be a good run-the-football game for the Bears. And and, it sh- and you shouldn't have to rely on Justin Fields for it. This should be about Foreman and, and Herbert and maybe even the, the rookie too. Um, but but everything else, Arizona's got problems. I mean, they're 30th in points allowed. Uh, they're 26th in points scored, 26th in total offense, uh, you know, 30th throwing the football, you know. And so, you know, this is a game that lines up well for the Bears to bounce back after what happened last week. Yeah, and hopefully uh, we can see – I know we, we don't need to – or the Bears don't need to rely on Justin Fields' legs, uh, but we haven't seen as many called runs for Justin. Uh, in the last couple of weeks. I'm sure that'll come back on um, this one is this one and this game in particular. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to switch gears, talk a little bit of Bulls basketball, and we get to do that with Cody Westerlin, our very own here at 670 The Score. What did he think about the big victory against the Philadelphia 76ers? We'll talk to him next. It's Gabe Ramirez and Hub Arkish right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 